0: Welcome to The Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy. I wanted to look at the end of chapter 7 in Koheles, as interpreted by this farno. So let's look at that as a unit, the the Svorna's interpretation. Rezemotsosi Amar Kohelas see this I have found, says Koheles. Ahas lachas them soches one by one, to find a calculation. The Swarna understands this as a tendency. Shavergare Savera. Zemat Sosi Sheiker Bokol Echod Maverus. The tendency of sin in every single manifestation of sin is to encourage and condition a person towards further sin. That is the nature of engaging in sin. <laughs> to try and find people that are the exception to the rule of what they call the slippery slope. So he leads into the next verse. I That further my, my soul sought. V'lo and I didn't find. One out of a thousand I have found. Lo and a woman in all of these I have not found. So what did he find? V'lo mispar I didn't find an appreciable amount. It's, it's rare. I did find one out of a thousand men that engaged in sin and actually did fully do Shuva from their original sin. They repented completely. And therefore, they did not stumble into the second sin. It's exceedingly rare. The, the nature of sin typically, is to encourage a person and condition the person to more sin. But there is the rare individual that overcomes that, and in spite of sinning ones, is able to overcome that tendency and not stumble a second time. And a woman in all of these I have not found. This rarity. I did not find this among women. You did not find this, the tendency and conditioning of sin, he found, was very powerful, both for men and women, and he said, by men, it's a, an exceptional case that person will be able to overcome that tendency and fully do teshuva from their first sin and not go further Stumbling with a second, but he did not find that, even that extreme rarity among women at all. He didn't find. (inaudible) But what did I find? Says King Solomon. The next verse. (inaudible) I found that God created man in a way that was upright, straight. Says the Sforno. Before the formation of Chav of Eve. (inaudible) When man was alone He was straight and upright He was prepared He was geared towards The Meditation of the intellect Without The knowledge of good and evil Now the Sepharna identifies what that means Which is the sweet and the not sweet, shehem hamisisim lachto. That those are the causes of error. They encourage a person to sin. So the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This Svarna is interpreting is the internalization as a value of what is sweet and what is not sweet. And if that becomes a value, it leads a person astray. Veheymah, and they, vikshu cheshbonos rabbim, sought many calculations. Bikshu continues the Svarna. chava, after the formation of Chavo of Eve, now you have Adam and Eve, now they sought out the knowledge of what is sweet and its contrary. in many calculations, to find many calculations and methodologies, that are all in the process of seeking out clothing food meham hayos arif particularly in achieving these necessities basic necessities in a manner that is not basic pursuing what is the sweetest as our sages stated, consider all of the exertion that the first man needed to engage in before eating bread. So there was a tremendous exertion involved in providing for his needs. And the Sfono is explaining this in a negative sense that after the consumption of the fruit, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the moral compass that we were created with to be hardwired, as he says, (laughs) to be able to discern through the intellect or meditate, without being drawn after, figuring out, pursuing what is good or bad, which he explains, sweet or not sweet. So that was a clarity that we were created with, a straightforward and upright path that we could follow without friction. And now, after the consumption of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we have to contend with the tendency, not the inborn tendency, but the acquired tendency, to view things through the lens, a false lens, of value based on, is it sweet or is it not sweet? And that's a tremendous challenge. In the ancient world, Epicurus was a proponent of this idea. It finds its usage in the Talmud Apikaris. Apikaris is certainly a, a title that a person would not want to achieve, of someone who values as the highest good what is sweet and avoiding what is not sweet. And it's similar to the word apikarin. If you look in the Gemara and Chulin, Kuf Dalarim and means haphazard, chaotic. No order. That is a feature of creating what is sweet or not sweet, pleasurable or not pleasurable, as one's moral compass. In more modern times, it's presented through the philosophy, I would suggest, of Jeremy Bentham, his fundamental axiom, it is the greatest happiness of the most, uh, of the greatest number, that is the measure of right and wrong. He was an atheist. He denied natural law. And that is the idea taken to its intellectual edifice of viewing to tovara. As the arbiter of what is moral or immoral, what is sweet or not sweet. That is, according to this faulty, godless perspective, how to construe morality. He's a harsh critic of the Declaration of Independence, which, of course, validated from a natural law perspective human rights according to Bentham there's no such thing there are no fundamental unchanging moral positions according to his error it is all strictly about that's a terrible error that the safarno says is essentially part of the equation that people struggle with whether it's on a philosophical level or in the experiential people are inclined towards considering things from the perspective of is it pleasurable is it not pleasurable and using that as their guide which can lead a person, as he says, it leads a person to sin. Let's take a look at Pasik Aleph and Per Khes. Who is like the wise? And who knows the resolution of a matter? The wisdom of man enlightens his face, illuminates his face. Yushune and the boldness, brazenness of his face will be changed. Zihad targum renders this verse: Manhu hakimo, who is the wise? Diyochil lemekam. Who is able to establish and receive the wisdom of God, and to know the interpretation or resolution of the words of the prophets? Many times the prophets speak in riddles. And the interpretation of those riddles is an aspect of wisdom. This is something following after who is like the wise. This is an element of wisdom to extract the correct meaning from the words of the prophets. digvar hakim. The wisdom of a wise man, will illuminate the visage of his face. This is true among the righteous. And the brazen-faced, imbued with chutzpah, and Call Orchose Mitavlevish switch all of their paths from good to evil. So the Targum is learning the conclusion of the verse as essentially a cautionary note that wisdom is power. But if it's in the context of apin, of brazen-faced, it can be used to guide a person towards a path away from good and towards evil. The snake was the most cunning beast of the field. So the importance of appreciating wisdom is tempered with the knowledge that raw wisdom is not valuable in of itself and it can be detrimental if it derails a person if it's coming to a person from the perspective of khatsif apin, of a face of chutzpah brazenness the gemaran tainas davzayn amralif gives us an insight Along these lines, in the beginning of Pashas Hazino, the Gemara Darshans, him there? Yarav Kamatar likhi, So, on the first part of the verse, Yarav kamater likhi, arifa, is a strong rain. So the, the beating down like a strong rain is what I have taken likhi. Tizal katal imrasi, shall shower like dew, my word. Im tamad chacham hoganhu, the drasheh is, if he is a scholar that is He he's living appropriately, katal, then it will be like dew. Imlav or kamatar if not, the Torah will... Break his neck like this thunderstorm that beats down on the bleeds of grass. So the Chachma, the wisdom is valuable in as much as it is being a force of growth for someone who is hogum. Racious Chma Yosalkin. The beginning of wisdom starts with the fear of God. If the Torah, which is again a power, is watered, watering a Talmud shaino so it's disastrous. If it's watering a student who is not worthy, so it can break that person. It's very destructive. Tani with a hi Rabbi Bana Omer. All those who engage in toiling to understand the Torah for the appropriate purpose to understand how to live their life in accordance with God's will, the Torah for them is a salve of life. As the verse states, it is a tree of life to those that grab onto it. A number of verses that support this, support this idea. The guitar however, all who toil in the Torah for the wrong reasons, which Tosus explains means Balakante, to arm themselves with the tools to fight, to knock down. This is a, a juggernaut of destructive capacity. The terror that they give to themselves is like a potion of death. As the verse states, this depiction of what I have taken is like the beating down of the strong, harsh rain the einarifa elariga, breaking of the neck, is deadly. So that's the Gemara over here. The chachma is rare. The chachma is valuable, but we must be careful. The os panav yishune, the person has evil intentions. The wisdom can actually be utilized destructively, to turn a person off of a good path towards an evil path. Uh, Gemaran Chulin gives us a directive in Kuflam and Gimel and Aleph, 133a. All who teach Torah to a student that is not hakon, not acting appropriately, not incorporating it into his life, it's like throwing a stone to the idol. it's a form of idolatry This casting the stone to Markleys is a horrifying image But to really understand it One would need to understand how Markleys works so the way Markleys works is that there are pillars and It's a collection of stones and throwing the stones, casting the stones at the idol is not merely a form of service like pouring a libation before the idol or sacrificing an offering or burning incense. The casting of the stones actually builds up the idol and increases. It's not just an offering, it becomes part of the idol. So the Torah, if it is, given over to Build up to give power to this Talmud chain of It's disastrous It's like a form of idolatry that actually Builds the idol enhances the idol and increases it Let's take a look at ration Me who is like the wise me baolam Olam kaadam Adam who in the world is as precious as a man of wisdom. Umir Peshadavar. pesha davar, and who knows the resolution of a matter? Pesron shel davar. The answer to the riddle, Kimo shematzina like we have found by Daniel the prophet, mitoch from his wisdom, shahaya chacham biyus for he was wise in his fear of heaven, in his he merited to have revealed to him the secrets, the answer to riddles, the answers to riddles. The Rashi also is bringing us back to this idea that the value of Chachma, the value of wisdom, it is a power, the value is not just rare, but to actually be a force for good, needs to be based on the Yira's Shemayim. That's where he merited to have the secrets revealed to him. I would suggest another idea in Rashi, that the secrets that were revealed to him, quite remarkable, Nebuchadnezzar didn't just say, here's my dream, Interpret it. Bucha said, I don't know the dream. Tell me the dream and its interpretation Not only the answer to the riddle, I want to know the riddle itself So, what was revealed to Daniel, Daniel the prophet was wisdom that he was able to access because he excelled in the wisdom of fearing God. That remarkable state of Yer that he was able to achieve opened him up to the revelation of riddles and their interpretations. He didn't get in the way of himself. He was a Chacham by Yir He was wise in the fear of heaven. That was where he was, in the fear of heaven. So he was able to glean these things it was given to him and revealed before him not coincidentally but because he was a Chacham B'Rashamayim that's what gave him the capacity to absorb this revelation Rashi continues who is like Moshe who makes Psharim Sharim is a resolution or sometimes a compromise. Ben Israel Vim Moshe Rabbeinu, was the great peacemaker to restore the Jewish people to God. And that is coming from his wisdom. That's why it's put together. Pesha <speaking in Hebrew> who has the capacity through their wisdom to bring about the restoration of the covenant between god and his people the O's pun of ishunet mishabries rashi in contrast to the taglum does not view this as a cautionary tale the negative potential but he learns it in a positive sense and the boldness of his face shall change Mishabriyus, it will be distinct from other people. Until they are afraid to approach him. Kikarn as We find by Moshe Rabbeinu that his face shone and it was overwhelming for people. He needed to wear a veil. This brightness of his face the shining of his face is the result, Rashi is telling us, of the refinement away from Oz which is quite a paradox. Oz means strength. The strength of his face, which as we saw in Targum, the boldness a chutzpah of his face, the Gaul. That's something that Moshe Rabbeinu refined and removed in a manner that was in a class of its own. Fundamentally different from other people. And you would think that if he removed the O's from his face, the strength, his boldness from his face, that that would perhaps make him even more approachable. No. That's the paradox. He was such a changed person that it was startling and it was overwhelming. People were afraid to approach him because his face was shining. The lack of chutzpah that Moshe Rabbeinu developed as a result of his chachma, the power of the chachmah to change himself, Gave him a shining face that was so unique. People were were awestruck by it, and did not require uh, the the great uh, students of his to recognize this. Shabrius, just other people. I would say similar. To another Moshe, my Rebbe's Rebbe, Rav Moshe Feinstein, his face shone, and Rav Shurkin told me Amaysa, he said that he was walking by a park, and there was a basketball game going on, and apparently the... It, his, him walking by caught the attention of uh, apparently one of the players and he was just dumbfounded he stopped what he was doing he, he was overwhelmed by seeing and encountering Orpanov, the lack of chutzpah that Rav was able to cultivate he changed himself in a way that was so unique that anybody could see it the Mitzudah's David says who in the world is as precious as a man of wisdom like we saw in Rashi and who knows the resolution of a matter the verse says like the wise, who is like the wise. The Mitzurus Dovah tells us that there's an implied kaf in the second pair of this series. "Mi And the implication is who is like the wise and who is like one who knows the resolution of a matter. Who in the world is as enriched? Ka'odomiodea. Like a man who knows the resolution of every matter. Vu Kefil Inyan Shanos. And this is a repetition of the same idea with different words, slightly different angle, but conveying essentially the same idea. Ta'ir Panob will illuminate his face for an account of the wisdom everyone holds dear his statements and they accept what he says and this gives a person a breadth a widening of his heart and a brightening of his face is able to make a positive impact. Utilizing this wisdom, that is the most satisfying thing that a person can feel, and it gives him a brightness to his to his face, and the mitzvot of it adds a widening in his heart, a, br- a breath, breath of his heart. The ozpanov in the boldness of his face, Chosek marispanov The sharper points, if you will, of his face. Are softened in a positive way, in contrast with other people. And this is a repeti- again a repetition of the same idea in different words.